don't you ever forget that this didn't happen overnight. And it took a lot of persistence to do the work even when I wasn't making any money at all from the podcast and from anything I was doing, really. Here's just a quick overview of how this show even came to be. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome. Welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, we have me. That's right. I'm back with a solo Entrepreneur Diaries episode to share what I've been up to and what I'm learning in this whole entrepreneurial journey. I have my notes today because I took down a lot of things that I want to share. And this is an even more special episode because it is the three-year anniversary of Side Hustle Pro episode. I I really can't believe that it's been three years. Honestly, it has flown by. So much has transpired. And I wanted to take some time out to really sit back and reflect. Um, fun fact, I launched this podcast the very First episode of Side Hustle Pro came out on June 22nd, 2016. And that date, June 22nd, is actually Moyo, my husband's birthday. And while I was getting ready to launch the podcast, I I just really got cold feet and I pushed a date back a few times. So by the time I was ready to launch, it was June 22nd. And I now celebrate my Side Hustle Pro anniversary really whenever and mainly in July because I like being able to just celebrate Moyo on June 22nd and not also try to commemorate Side Hustle Pro 2 and be trying to schedule social media posts and all this good stuff. And honestly, it's just giving me more time to plan my anniversary celebration, which, by the way, is still in the works. So just some behind the scenes for you. And a few quick announcements before I jump into the episode and before I jump into my lessons, the top five lessons I've learned in growing and running my business. First announcement, the new and improved SideHustlePro.co is now live. Go check it out. Go see past episodes, catch up, see the courses that I offer, learn from me, learn how to get in contact with me. Um, shout out to Shirley T, who designed my website A fun fact about my new site. I'm just full of fun facts today. So my web designer, who is T on Instagram, Shirley, she initially reached out to me with an email asking for permission to feature my website in her portfolio. And at first I'm like, huh, what? You didn't design my site. Why, Why do you, you know? So I'm looking through her email a little confused. And then I realized that she had already mocked up a brand new Side Hustle Pro website without me asking her to, didn't even know. And she mocked up this website, including a new logo. And she was showing me what, you know, her skills are. And she wanted to include that on her website too, to kind of, you know, show what her skills are. And so I just think that is such a hustle. I love telling that story. So that's the behind the scenes on my website. And not only did I grant her permission to feature my site, but I then paid her to design the actual site that she mocked up. So when she was, you know, I went through her questionnaire to, to say what kind of things and features I wanted. I was like, no, I want that. The thing you already did. <laughs> so that is now live. Go over to SideHustlePro.co to see it yourself. My second announcement now is that a three-year anniversary live show is coming. I'm still finalizing the date. 
and the location, but it's coming. It is coming, y'all, slowly but surely. And I wanted to take my time and I wanted to make this special for you. So I can't wait to announce it once those details are finally locked in. It may even be in the fall. Who knows? But the point is that it's coming. So stay tuned and remember to sign up for my newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash SBS, Six Bullet Saturdays, SBS newsletter, so that you'll be the first to know when those tickets drop, when the dates are announced. Alrighty. Third announcement, you can now send questions for the new Ask Nikayla segment that's coming to Side Hustle Pro. And I've been really trying to get a critical mass of questions because I want to start rolling out the segment and not kind of dry up. So just email hi at sidehustlepro.co, put hashtag Ask Nikayla in the subject. That's N-I-C-A-I-L-A, y'all. Please don't butcher my name so that I can start rolling out this segment. Alrighty. And then fourth announcement, I would love it if you leave me an anniversary review on Apple Podcasts in honor of the three-year anniversary of Side Hustle Pro. So if you are listening to this right now and you're listening in Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, click on the name of the show, it's in purple, and then scroll down to the ratings and review section and select tap to rate. And then just click on write a review to leave me your actual words, your actual message, love note, whatever. And I can't wait to read them. Thank you so much. And then fifth and final announcement, y'all. All right, we're getting into the episode after this. The fifth and final one is that I'm doing a side hustle summer series and it's coming to the podcast in August 2019. So As I've been speaking at all of these different conferences like Summit 21 and Women Evolve, I realized that I haven't really shared the side hustle tips that I've been sharing with these audiences. I haven't shared them on the podcast in, you know, an organized way and a in a concrete series, so to speak. So in August, I decided I'm going to be doing this series with all of those side hustle lessons for those who weren't able to make these uh, conferences. And I'm going to be breaking down things like how to not let fear cripple you when you're starting your side hustle, how to treat your side hustle like a job, you know, everything I learned about balancing my side hustle with my nine to five, um, how to build the foundation of your business, even when it's still a side hustle, and how to finance your side hustle when you're just getting started and much more. So do not miss a Wednesday in August, y'all. Episodes will drop every single Wednesday. Stay tuned for that side hustle series coming starting next week. Now, Let's go ahead and get right into the episode. So today I want to take a moment to reflect on the start of Side Hustle Pro and the lessons that I've learned in growing it from my side hustle to my main hustle in the last three years. Let me give you all some background, by the way, because first and foremost, for the newcomers around here and even, you know, those who have been with me, I still want to share a bit of a timeline because I think it's important that everyone remember. Everyone, don't you ever forget <laughs> that this didn't happen overnight. And it took a lot of persistence to do the work, even when I wasn't making any money at all from the podcast and from anything I was doing, really. And I know everyone hasn't been here since the beginning or hasn't scrolled back in a while to listen to my first episode. So, Here's just a quick overview of how this show even came to be. First and foremost, so I've always been a girl who was interested in media and communications. I went to college at University of Pennsylvania in Philly. I studied communication. And I always thought I'd be this broadcast journalist, the next Oprah, the next Barbara Walters, or something like that. But then when I was in class there, 
and starting to follow that path, I learned that you have to, in order to be a broadcast journalist, I don't know if it's changed, but at the time, what I was told was you have to like work for a news station. That means you could end up in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, just to cut your teeth and get your start. And I kind of drifted away from that career when I learned that. (laughs) I was like, I'm not moving to the middle of nowhere. So I ended up getting my first job out of college at MTV Networks, in large part because of the career prep program that I did called MLT, Management Leadership for Tomorrow. Shout out to my coach, Rosalie. Otherwise, I kind of would have been a little lost because when sometimes when you're studying these majors, if you do not have a strong career services office and someone who really takes your hand and helps you to connect the dots between what you're doing in school and careers that are available for you, you really could end up lost. You could end up graduating without a job. So I ended up being fortunate enough to graduate undergrad with a job. And then I spent the first few years of my career at MTV And I ended up having this mid-20s crisis. You know, it happens to a lot of folks where I was testing out different career paths from public relations to marketing, and I just couldn't quite figure out what I should be doing with my life. Then I somehow, by the grace of God, after like a brief stint where I quit my job, I had to move back home with my parents, and I was like working randomly a desk job at a realty firm, I somehow end up with a role in social media marketing at this startup. And that was the very first time, this was around like 2010. That was the very first time when I started to realize that things that I enjoy doing, like being on social media could actually be a job. And it was called marketing. That said, after a couple of years at that startup and a a couple of years after that at uh, Georgetown doing social media marketing for their executive education division, I realized that I'm just winging it. No one understands the social media stuff. So I decided to go back to school to get my graduate degree in business so I could really understand the frameworks of marketing and also really understand business since I had just focused on liberal arts in college and completely shied away from quant because somewhere in my brain, I had started to believe that I'm not good at that or that's too hard or I might get bad grades if I take those kind of classes. So I decided to go back to get my MBA to dispel that, to force myself to do hard things that are important. And while I was at, while I was in business school at the University of Michigan, Ross School of Business, uh, pursuing my MBA, I interviewed and earned an internship at Google during the summer between my first and second year of business school. So this internship had me working in ad sales, not quite marketing, but still doing not marketing in the in the sense that I'd been doing it before, but working within their ad sales group, which is um, responsible for helping clients with getting their their stuff to show up on on Google. You know, so anyway, what's supposed to happen when you have an internship between your first and second year of business school is you are supposed to get the job. You are supposed to knock out your internship, do such a stellar job that you get a full-time internship, but that, um, excuse me, a full-time job, but that didn't happen for me. And I ended up graduating with my MBA and no job, moving back to DC, living with my then boyfriend, now husband. And I was pretty depressed at this point. I felt like a failure. I wasn't even telling people for the most part, except like my roommates and closest friends that I didn't have a job. So 
that was kind of compounding the feeling of failure because if you don't tell people what you're going through, no one can really help you. And shout out to my friend, Jesse, who ended up reaching out to me to, you know, find out what I was up to. And this was after graduation, you know, people are traveling at this point, but she reached out to me. And because I finally opened up, she was able to help me with my resume. She was able to help me start getting some traction with interviews and callbacks. So anyway, I'm in D.C. at this point. I'm feeling like a failure. I'm really not. You know, when you have these moments where all of a sudden you feel like you're not good at anything, that's where I was. And so that's what led me to side hustle again. I've had side hustles throughout my life. Like when I was working at MTV on the side, I thought I was going to be a publicist and I, I, I made up these business cards and everything. But I kind of abandoned all of that when I went to grad school. But now that I was back, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to start a blog again. And this was after some deep, like soul searching reflection, even reaching out to friends to ask them, you know, what do you think my strengths are and things like that. So I start a blog again because I, I, I'm reminded of my strengths, which have always been in writing, um, social media marketing, storytelling, and really just connecting with people online and and learning how what triggers people online. So I decided to start doing that. I started blogging. I had no idea where it would lead because at this point, I'm still interviewing for jobs and I'm just trying to start this blog to one, impress employers, right, so that they can see that I can analyze marketing cases and, you know, I'm looking at the top industry trends and I have unique reflections on it. So I would be a great part of their team because I have this marketing brain. That was my initial thought in starting a blog. How boring, right? <laughs> but that's what you, that's what I thought once I was trying to find a job. But then as I'm doing this blog and it was called Kayla K Speaks at the time, it's still up, but I started to transition it to really focus on interviews with Black women. And I noticed that I gravitated to Black women who were side hustlers, who had these awesome jobs and positions, but who also had these great businesses that they were building on the side because I saw myself in them. I saw myself in that person who is multi-passionate, who wants to do her own thing eventually, but is not quite sure how to get there. And I wanted to figure out how they were doing it, especially the ones who had already left their jobs. So I start gravitating to those stories. And by, I guess, around four months in or whatever, by December, I graduated in May. By December of 2015, I landed my job at NPR, National Public Radio. And so I decided to keep on side hustling, even though Again, the blog wasn't making any money. I didn't think of it as a career or even future career. I just knew that I enjoyed doing it and that it made me feel really good when other people read these interviews and they got something from it and they reached out to me. So I decided to keep doing that. And when I got to NPR, I also decided to transition it to a podcast. So that's how the Side Hustle Pro podcast was born. I realized that, hey, I'm not doing these women's story justice. People aren't really reading this whole blog post because they're so long. And I'm seeing that this whole podcast world is really taking off. So why not try my hand at it? That said, it took me a while, y'all. I thought about a podcast from maybe like January Really, really started telling people about it in April, and I didn't launch it till June. So I understand for all of you guys who have ideas, who you, you're not yet putting out there into the atmosphere, I get it. It takes a while to to really flesh out what you want to do. But by June 2016, I launched the podcast. And when I launched the podcast, 
as I'll get into in a second with my top lessons, when I launched the podcast, I did have a vision. I did have a vision. Although I was grateful for my job, and at that point, I saw myself, I saw great opportunities that the job could lead to. By then, I'd been unemployed for so long that this whole entrepreneurial bug had bit me. And I started to see like, hey, what would it look like if I work for myself? You know, when I was unemployed, I was freelancing. I could kind of come and go as I wanted to. And I enjoyed that freedom of not having the restrictions and the the rigidness of a full-time role. But I didn't know how I was ever going to be able to make money from what I enjoy doing. So I said, you know what, I'm going to just keep on doing this until I realize what I can be doing. So as I'm doing the podcast, I start to practice making money. (laughs) This is so important. I'm going to get into this some more in the Side Hustle series in August, but you have to practice making money. When When you first start out and you're like, I don't know what revenue stream would make sense for me, just start one. Just go after one. Like the first thing I did, I started selling T-shirts, Side Hustle Pro T-shirts. I never saw myself selling T-shirts, but the the exercise of practicing selling was so helpful later on when I transitioned to other revenue streams. So learning how to put up Facebook ads or organic Facebook posts about what I was selling and communicate that to people. So learning how to copyright, it forced me to invest in Uh, webinars and classes on these kind of things so that I could get better. So after I started practicing making money, I started exploring different revenue streams as well. I looked into sponsorship. I invested in sponsorship training to learn more about that. And that was an event sponsorship training. So it wasn't even specific to podcasts, but I took bits and pieces of what I learned. So I learned about the sponsorship world from events perspective from the um, media kit world, but then I also dug deep into the sponsorship world. So I tested out that. I also invested in learning how to put a course together, you know, from Danielle Leslie, who's been on the, the show. I invested in learning how to package things that I know, like marketing, like podcasting, and how to turn that into a program that helps other people, but is also part of my business. So I'm practicing making money and I'm also starting to earn money. And with that, I'm starting to save money. And by so by January 2017, I had set up a business bank account. I had set up a business entity and I hit the ground running. So I I had pitched my first sponsor, landed that first sponsor, hit the ground running saying, "Okay, I think sponsorship is a viable revenue stream. And this is what it took to get one. I'm going to 5X that effort so that I can have five sponsors. So that's what I did. In addition, I launched my first course in January 2017. I said, okay, this is what it took to to launch this course. And I took some time to get one-on-one with the phone with my students to learn what was working, what wasn't working, what they would actually pay for the caliber of information they learned. And what I learned at that time was, I was underpricing myself, but I was comfortable with that at that time. One, because I had a full-time job and two, because I didn't feel pressure based on something that I, you know, by putting this price on a course that would make people look at me like, oh, that's it. So for me, for some people coming out, they coming out the gate, they want to launch with these premium products. For me, I felt more comfortable starting smaller and working my way up so that I could learn how to 
teach people and how to help them get results without some pressure of a price tag on top of my head. So that's what worked for me. So by the end of 2017, I was able to leave my job because I had made that plan of testing out different revenue streams. I'd worked that plan and I now had savings. You know, it wasn't the, the largest savings in the world, but I knew it would um, keep me afloat if should anything go wrong for at least six months. And I was confident that I could continue to replicate those revenue streams. So again, how I did it, I practiced making money, I figured out what my revenue streams would be, I saved, and then I left. So now, as of 2019, my revenue streams have remained consistent. The ones that I set out to do when I was planning to leave my job, that plan that I set in place, they're consistent. And I know that um, some people might not remember what it is that Side Hustle Pro is as a business and what it is I do, so I'm going to get into that now. So the revenues that I establish are, one, I have this podcast, right? And I monetize the podcast through sponsorships, aka advertising. I also teach, I also have courses. So I have packaged my knowledge into the areas that I can speak to with expert knowledge. So those areas are marketing. I have a Master of the Gram course about Instagram. And then I also have the Podcast Moguls Accelerator Program for emerging podcasters. So those are the two programs that I focus on. I also have a goal-getter action plan, which that really came about organically because I was finding myself being very productive as a side hustler who, you know, by 2017, I was getting so much done, right? I was opening my business, opening my bank account, and I was also planning a wedding and I was still working at NPR and, you know, um, a coworker left. I had to take on the roles of two people and I was still juggling and making this all work and getting sleep at night. So I decided, you know what, let me package that into its own kind of mini program so other people can understand my process. So those are the courses that I teach. And then Moyo and I recently launched an app, the Color Noir app, which by the way, is now available on Android. And of course, it's in the iOS app store. At the time that I am recording this, we're up to 15,000 downloads. We have over 11,000 followers on Instagram. And so the app is another um, revenue stream financial endeavor that we've undertaken together and collaborated as a family. So those are the things that Nikayla does. And the added thing that I've also done here and there, which I don't consider a... I don't consider it one of my priority or predominant revenue streams. However, I do speak. I speak on stages and now I'm at a point where I do charge for that. So when I was starting out and really just wanted to get in practice, again, I think practice is so important. Just tune out the noise and everything that you hear people saying, do what you have to do to get to a level where you feel comfort comfortable. So when I started practicing speaking, I wasn't charging for that. I just wanted to get my practice in. But when I left my job, I knew that I was not going to be speaking for free anymore. Um, so that is one of the things I do. And I'm still figuring out how I speak, how I feel about speaking, to be honest with you, since it takes a lot out of me. However, I always enjoy it once I'm there. So I'm working to figure out how to accommodate that, you know, so that it doesn't take as much out of me. So I can um, make this something that's an easier process for me. And when I say take a lot out of me, I mean, I feel like the week leading up to it, I'm just kind of useless because I'm preparing for it. I'm thinking about it. I'm practicing. The anxiety starts building. 
And then the week after, I'm just exhausted because of all that mental work. And plus, there's the traveling, the airports, the, um, you know, being off your sleep-wake cycle, being off of your uh, regular eating cycle that throws your body off, all that good stuff. So working through that. And if y'all saw me, um, my post on Instagram for the last conference, finding out what you want to wear and um, a makeup artist, too, is also something that actually takes more energy than you would expect. So I got to figure out what I need to do about that as well. Do I hire, you know, someone who just picks out my outfits like and locates the makeup artist for me? I don't know. I don't know. But it's important. It's important. So I'm not out here looking crazy. So, <laughs> but in sum, that is what I do now. All right. The podcast, the courses, the app and speaking. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsor. The three-year anniversary episode of Side Hustle Pro is brought to you by Podcast Moguls. Podcast Moguls is an eight-week accelerator program where you get my keys. I teach you how to launch market and monetize your podcast and I give you all of my blueprints from the templates I use to get the big guests that I have on the shows to the actual media kit and emails I use to land my sponsors. I am coaching you live each and every week. I'm helping you work through your challenges and most importantly I'm teaching you the marketing keys because it's one thing to launch a podcast it's another thing to know how to market it week after week so that you're growing your downloads and you're growing your audience. So if you're interested in launching and scaling your own podcast, come on over to my next masterclass. Go to podcastmoguls.com to register. Again, that's podcastmoguls.com. So now let's get into what I have learned from all of this. Top lessons. I'm going to just share five. I think if I really drilled it down, of course, I can share a multitude of lessons. But these, these I think, are the most important to me right now. So lesson number one is really, it's more important to keep going rather than to do things perfectly every single week. What I mean by this, it's like the analogy of a pilot, right? So a pilot, an astronaut, whoever, when they're flying it's not, they're not always flying in a straight line for the, for the duration of that trip, right? They are zigzagging. But the important part is that the pilot is always flying you in the direction of your destination. So don't worry if you have a bad day or a bad week when you fall off. Being consistent just means that you keep going. That's literally what consistency means. The actual definition is unchanging in nature, standard, or effect over time. So that over time part is what I pay attention to. That over time is clutch. So being consistent has served me well. One thing I set out to do was podcast for a year. Consistency means that I have had times where I didn't feel like it, but I still did it. I have missed an episode here or there. I took a brief hiatus for a month last summer and I just posted rewind episodes to stimulate my, so I could take some time to really um, stimulate my creative juices and nurture that again and just step away from the redundancy of the day-to-day. However, I made sure that an episode kept going each and every week because I care more about the overtime effect that you experience Side Hustle Pro over time than I care about if there's one episode, you know, where uh, there's a lot of noise in the background or there's an episode where I felt like I could have asked better questions. Like if I really start to 
get into the weeds and really start being a perfectionist, that is going to mess up the overall product. So it's the one thing I always tell my podcast mogul students as well. You can't help but win when you're consistent. That's it. The body of work will build up. Then you're going to gain momentum because you're getting more downloads week after week. You're getting new subscribers. As long as you're marketing and promoting your episodes, that is, you got to keep that same energy, promote the 100th episode the same way you do when you promote the first episode. But the great things that come from that is your name starts to show up with the topic that your podcast is about. So now people are reaching out to me because Nikayla is showing up alongside side hustles and side hustle pros and all this other stuff. And people are finding me organically and even people I have not reached out to. So that is what comes with consistency. Because if you fall off because one week wasn't great or because, you know, you missed a week because things were going wrong in your life and you because of that, you then end up missing five weeks. You know, you've just missed out on an opportunity to build momentum. You kind of got to start all over again. So that's one thing I really practice. And it's been a huge learning lesson for me because when I look at what has unfolded this year and what's continuing to unfold in terms of the opportunities that have been coming to me, it's really consistency. It's, it's, I'm not the only one with a podcast about side hustles. I'm not the only dope podcaster. I'm not the only one who is doing any of the things that I'm doing, interviewing Black women. So it really just comes down to, I'm not going to stop. And I am going to keep going in the direction of my dreams, even if sometimes I veer off track. Lesson number two, don't do what you see everyone else doing. Just do what's right for you. So this lesson has really helped me to be uh, more decisive. And I'm not perfect at this, but I've gotten way, way better. I say no to 10 times more things than I say yes to. And I don't say this to brag, but I say this because you you have to do that. When you're an entrepreneur, so many things could potentially pull at your time. But if you allow that to happen, then that means you're serving everyone else's goals more than you're serving your own. So the other day I had an even harder time saying no. Like this was the decision where I had to reflect for a couple of days because the hardest decisions are when you have a relationship with someone and you don't want to say no. And then, you know, feelings start coming into play of not wanting to disappoint that person, not wanting them to think that you're a bee and you, you're full of yourself. You say no to stuff now. All of that mental trash starts to come in. And I had to turn to my fellow podcasting girls. Um, we have like this little WhatsApp group and a little, you know, mastermind where we are able to just share with each other. And I, I turned to them and I was like, you know what? I have this opportunity. I really wish I could say yes, but I just, I can't make this kind of commitment right now. Like, I don't know what the next year will look like for me. And I just don't want to be obligated to something like this right now. And um, the things that will really help me with that and really help me to get back to this point of, hey, I got to just focus on doing me and not doing what everyone else is doing are some points that my friend Jamila of the Journey to Launch podcast brought up. And I realized she actually shared this in her anniversary episode as well. And what she shared was essentially when you're making a decision, you have to think about, all right, are you, is what you're saying yes to going to do more for that person's brand or your own brand? And are you only thinking of saying yes because you don't want to hurt their feelings and you're scared of what they might think of you? 
And yeah, like what is, is this going to be good for your business goals? So when I really put it into that lens, I realized that I was falling into that trap of operating under a lot of shoulds. Like, this is what everyone else is doing. I should be doing this kind of stuff. This is like what people should do. And it's like, who de- who determines that should? You determine that should. I determine that should. And I just don't want to do it. It's not, I don't feel like it's right for me right now. So that those questions help me to get back into decisive mode. So I would encourage everyone to like put on your laser vision glasses, tune out, put on those blockers, tune out what everyone else is doing, what you think a podcaster looks like, what you think a XYZ businesswoman looks like, and do what's right for you. So that was lesson number two. Don't do what you see everyone else doing. Do what's right for you. Lesson number three, selling is not a bad word. So I was just on a podcast, uh, the Living Corporate Podcast, shout out to Zach. And um, one of the things that came up was this idea of, oh, everyone's trying to sell something, sell, sell, sell. And, you know, what I had to say was, wait, hold on. Let's pause for a second because selling is not a bad thing. Now, people who sell ineffectively have given it a bad name. However, every single business on this earth no matter what type of industry it is, who is behind it has to sell. If you are going to make revenue, you have to sell. So that means we got to get rid of this notion that selling is a bad word. What we have to do is learn to sell effectively. The way I think about selling is providing a service that someone needs. And for me, one of that those services is my knowledge, is my knowledge about certain things. If I can eliminate the guesswork eliminate the, you know, you trying to figure things out and you making blunders that you don't need to be making in 2019. If I can eliminate that for you by sharing with you exactly what's worked for me, exactly what's worked for other people, that's what I'm going to do. And yes, I do need to sell that because people will not know about it unless I tell them about it. So another way to think about selling is telling. You have to tell people what you're doing. You have to tell people why your product is good. You have to tell people why your t-shirts are the best t-shirts in the world. Um, So selling is really not a bad word. And I think we should all embrace that. We should all embrace that moving forward because if you're going to be in business, you've got to sell. Lesson four, get to know your working style and honor that. Coming out and working for myself in 2018, I stumbled a lot with this. i just did not know how to establish a new routine that would work for me. I was trying to work from our bedroom, work from our living room. I joined a co-working space. And, I, and, and when I joined the co-working space, I was like, okay, boom, this is it. This is what's going to work for me. But this is actually one of those examples of doing what works for other people and not what's right for me. So I got caught up in the whole co-working uh, space culture, vibe, whatever, everyone posting about it, you know, looking, it looks so beautiful and everything. But what I realized was it actually wasn't right for me. And I had to get to know my working style. And I realized my working style is having the flexibility to be able to work from anywhere, to be able to work from a coffee shop. Coffee shops and, you know, the hotel lobby that I go to are really great for me. And I like not being beholden to a certain space. I can work from my home when I actually, you know, establish an area that is for work. So that's one of the things I've done as well is establish an area in my home, which is our desk, where I can do that work. And 
you should also figure out, tap into, hey, what's working? What's not working? What, which days was I most productive? Pay attention to that. You know, look at your calendar. Keep track of what you did every hour. And what I like to do is go back and put done to next to things that I had on my calendar so I can see, okay, what did I actually get done and delete things that I didn't get done. And when you start seeing gaps <laughs> in your calendar, like, girl, were you, what were you doing between, you know, 12 and five? Why is there nothing in this slot? That shows you that there was something in that environment, in that working space that was not a good working style. So I've really learned what my flow is. And again, it is having the flexibility to know, okay, I'm recording on these two days. Here's what I'll do in the morning. Here's what I'll do in the afternoon to buffer that. But the rest of the week, I got to get out of the house. And lucky for me, I live in walking distance to a nice little up and coming area. So there's like a little um, mall and coffee shops where I can go and sit more easily. So what I find too is having to commute does not work for me. Like that one, I dread it. One, having to feel like I need to get more dressed because I could bump into more people. I'm not really bumping into people in my neighborhood. So it's nice to just be able to walk somewhere and not have to plan and, and buffer in a commute. The other thing I didn't like about commuting is I had to try to work around the normal working crowd because I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. There's no reason why I'm trying to get stuck in after work rush hour crowds already. So that wasn't really working with my flow either. So what I discovered was, hey, when I'm working from home, establishing what my routine will be, which is what time I'll wake up, what time I'll work out, how I'm going to be productive in between the interviews. And then on the other days, getting out the house in walking distance to a coffee shop or another area around the, the, the neighborhood that I can sit, think, not be bothered, and have a nice, quiet, open space to work with options to eat or drink should I choose that. So that's lesson number four for me. Get to know your working style and honor that. And then lesson five is how to be a better speaker. So I've really learned how to be a better speaker this year by just doing this podcast and doing my master classes, having to learn how to break down um, a topic and, you know, outline my notes for an episode, bullet out my thoughts. Same thing with a, a webinar, having to sit down for my master classes and think out my slides and how to really narrate and help people understand things via a PowerPoint presentation has been very helpful when it's time to get on stage. So learning how to master the stage and how to cover ground and all of that is still something I'm working on. However, overall, I feel more confident. Now, the nerves and anxiety comes from just like, oh man, it's, it's going to be a lot of people staring at me. <laughs> you know, it's like I get up on stage and it's all these eyes. However, I'm not nervous about what I have to talk about. I'm confident in what I have to say. I'm confident in the knowledge I have to share. And that has really come from podcasting. So I would recommend for anyone who has to start doing speaking engagements, start practicing where you are. Start a podcast, right? And you could come on over to podcastmoguls.com to learn how or uh, start a YouTube channel. Start doing um, speaking engagements to get that practice in. You don't have to worry about charging people at first. Just get your your rounds in and, and figure out what you like. Rewatch. Have someone videotape. It could be on a phone. Rewatch your presentations, your speaking, and see, okay, what do I do a lot of? Why do I do that? Um, am I doing these nervous laughs too much and all of that? So definitely... 
podcasting is helpful for more than just podcasting, you guys. It is a really, really powerful tool and it's been very helpful for me. So overall, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. But these are the top five things that I've experienced in this journey so far. If there's one thing I want to leave you with, it's to believe in yourself and the power of your own voice. If something is on your heart and you don't see it in the world, at least not in the way that you want to see it and experience it, then start working on it. Start creating it. Start outlining what it will look like and then take steps to research, then bring it in the world. Don't just outline. Research, then take one step to bring it closer to fruition. The world needs all of us to bring our unique thought processes and creative genius and intelligence to all of the world's problems and be the solutions to anything that's currently missing. So do that and just know that you are worthy, like you are capable of more than you think and you are smarter than you think and you have more to offer than you think. Like you might just think you're a regular person, but no, we each have a superpower. So that means there's something that you're sitting on that the world needs. So sit on that and tell me what it is later. All right. So now for the first time ever, I am going to take the plunge and do the lightning round questions myself. Y'all ready? All right, let's go. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? All right, hands down, goal-getter action plan. Listen, I don't just share this plan because it's my own. It actually works, okay? If you struggle with being productive, if you struggle with juggling your different side hustles and your job, if you struggle with consistency, go ahead and get this goal-getter action plan, please, like, do this for yourself. So, sidehustlepro.co slash goal-getter. That's sidehustlepro.co slash goal-getter. Number two, what's been the best business book that you've consumed this year? Um, the best one so far has been More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroth. So, I relate to Elaine a lot because we were coming up in the media world of working in like the New York area, all, all the Viacoms and the timings and all of that um, around the same time. So I didn't realize how many parallels we had in our journey. And it was really cool to to read that and then to, to read about where she is now. And it was inspiring because it reminded me that, you know what? Nikayla, you have so much more to conquer in the world. You, There is no upper limit. There's so much that you haven't even experienced yet. So keep on going because you never know where this is taking you. So I love that book because of that. So check that out. Number three, what's a non-negotiable part of your morning routine? Opening my blinds and reading my devotional. So I've learned this year that, you know what? Getting sunlight is really, really important for me. And that's another thing I learned about figuring out what my working style is. I need to get sunlight in my body. The, I mean, we all do, but I see the toll it takes on me mentally. And I'm like, why, am I, why was I getting into these sad feelings? And have I been outside today? Have I opened up the blinds today? So once I realize that, I make it a point to open up the blinds. And then uh, reading my devotional helps to set the tone for my day and also reminds me, you know, who's in control. All right. Number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? You know, what's really helped me? The fact that I actually enjoy social media and using social media. So 
I hear people complain about this, but I actually really, it's like fun for me. It's it's a science for me, figuring out um, how to use it effectively, figuring out what's working. When I watch stories, I'm paying attention to how people tell stories. The ones that I'm more, most interested in, I pay attention to how they use graphics to aid and make their story even more interesting. So that's one thing that really benefits me. I also am not worried about what people think of me when I follow them first. So I'm big on if there's someone who I think needs to know about my brand, who fits into my audience demographic, following them, getting to know them, because I think of social media networking the same way I do normal networking. All righty. Number five, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing a steady paycheck? Biggest piece of advice for y'all is start putting aside your coins because you, none of us ever know what the next year will look like. You definitely don't know what the first year will look like because no matter how much you plan, when you're side hustling, it's a side hustle. When you go out on your own, it's a full-time business. It's a different ballgame. So you don't need the stress of needing to make money, all right? Because the stress of needing to make money will cause you to make Poor decisions because all of a sudden now you're making decisions because, oh, I need this much in my bank account to pay my rent. And that's not what you want to be doing. So start stacking those coins. Think of your job as your first investor and really just save up as much as you can. Don't quit when you get mad at your boss. All right. I've been there, had those feelings. Um, I had Moyo to talk me off the ledge and say, all right, I know you want to quit, but um, how are you going to make money? <laughs> And that's what kept me grounded. And with that, guys, thank you so much for three whole years of Side Hustle Pro. Thank you so much for rocking with me, tuning in each and every week. But not only that, but for sharing this show with your friends, for supporting me when I speak live, for shouting me out on social media, even for... Uh, sharing this podcast internally with your colleagues. You know, I've had some opportunities come to me because Side Hustle Pro listeners recommended me for a panel. And I really, really appreciate that. So please just keep on listening. Keep on sharing. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Remember, don't forget to leave an anniversary review right now on Apple Podcasts. If you love the show, I would so appreciate it. And then after this episode, you can head over to SideHustlePro.co slash year three for all of the show notes from this episode, including the helpful resources mentioned. And there you have it. Hey, hey, thanks for listening. Now stay connected in between episodes by texting Side Hustle Pro to 44222. You'll get my weekly Six Bullet Saturday newsletters where I share what I'm up to, what I'm reading, my business tip of the week, and resources to help you grow your side hustle. And I'm working behind the scenes on some live events, which my email list will get access to first. So make sure you're in the loop. Text Side Hustle Pro to 44222 or visit SideHustlePro.co slash SBS. Thank you.